Welcome to HRI's Next in Health podcast. I'm your host, Ben Isger, leader of PwC's Health Research Institute. And joining me today is Igor Belokraninsky to talk about emerging health ecosystems and specifically how health organizations will need to reinvent themselves to be successful in a post-pandemic world. Hi, Igor. Can you introduce yourself? Hi, Ben. My name is Igor Belokraninsky. I'm a partner with Strategy End in San Francisco. And I am very privileged to work with health organizations all over the country, payers, providers, pharmacies, med tech companies on their most pressing and urgent issues. Well, Igor, I wanted to start our podcast conversation with you around something you had mentioned to me kind of prior to this. And you'd use the phrase that in healthcare these days, we're in the best of times and the worst of times. And so I guess my question to you is, what can health leaders learn from Charles Dickens? <laughs> well, Ben, the reason I was thinking of the best of times and worst of times is because last year has shown us everything that's broken in our healthcare system, all the fragility, all the waste, all the mistrust, all the inequities, all of that has really bubbled up to the surface. And it's really easy to to get dejected by that and sort of throw the hat in. But at the same time, last year has shown us everything that's amazing about our health system, the resilience of our caregivers and their passion and the innovative spirit that has produced a number of great inventions in healthcare last year. So I think it's easy to get depressed about the bad things. It's easy to give in to the hype about the good things. We have to find a way to use the good things to fix the bad things. And that gives me a tremendous amount of optimism. Well, I like what you have to say there. You know, I think there's a lot to learn from the pandemic and some of the ways that we phrased it in the past is there's an acceleration really of, of innovation. You know, one of the things that I know that you bring up a lot is this concept of ecosystems and that the health system is really an ecosystem. In fact, multiple ecosystems exist that health organizations are in. You know, I think for our listeners, the question would be, what do you mean by ecosystems? And do health leaders really get a choice if there's multiple ones? So one of the lessons of last year was that no health organization is big enough or strong enough to handle this crisis on its own. And not even one category of health organizations is big enough to handle it. So just health systems and hospital systems by themselves, or just pharma companies, or just insurance companies, just pharmacies simply cannot manage this on their own without collaboration, without a greater sense of connection. So starting with the definition, we think of ecosystems as groups of diverse health organizations that are connected on many levels. So they're sharing information, there may be sharing risk, there may be sharing financials, and there may be sharing clinical processes. So the key thing about it is diverse organizations sharing at multiple levels. And a lot of other industries have already gone through this type of convergence where, for example, the travel industry is you have this kind of global ecosystem where you can go around without worrying about switching from one network to another. Likewise, with financial payment systems, you, your credit card works pretty much anywhere in the world. Healthcare is still really fragmented. So this convergence that's happening, this creation of these ecosystems is very much accelerated now through the past year. And then your question around the choice. Well, we see that every health organization in the future will either form an ecosystem, join an ecosystem, or will need to work with one or many ecosystems. The choices are 
which ecosystem or ecosystems do you want to join and participate in or form? And then the second choice is once you do join, what role do you want to play in that particular ecosystem? Like who are you going to be in that ecosystem? When you first were talking about ecosystems, you brought up the concept of collaboration, that health organizations are going to have to collaborate in new and different ways. I'm wondering if you could make that just, can you paint a picture for our listeners around what kind of partnerships are you seeing? What are some examples in terms of how health organizations are working together in new ways? We talked about how ecosystems are connected at multiple levels. And so if you think about the kind of sharing that can happen, the kind of partnerships that can happen, the most kind of fundamental one is around sharing knowledge. Last year was a journey of discovery for everybody. And some health systems, as they found a way to manage the pandemic and manage their workforce and manage their patients, shared their learnings with others. So sharing of knowledge is kind of that first level of collaboration to the extent where systems were discovering things and publishing immediately here are the protocols, here are the best practices, here are things that we're learning firsthand. We want everybody to benefit from this. We're not hiding it. We're not trying to monetize it. We're making it available to everybody as quickly as possible. The second type of collaboration that we see is sharing of capacity. And that could be things like protective equipment. Should we have a warehouse where we stockpile it so next time we don't run out and we share that across multiple systems in a region rather than each system creating its own stockpile. It could be, how do we share staff? So in case of a natural disaster, for example, or some other urgent event, we can pool on people from other organizations in the region or in the state or even nationally. And then we may get to shared risks. As many health organizations are exposed to a variety of risks, how do we share those? How do we protect ourselves from those risks? financially, operationally, strategically. So those are all different levels at which this collaboration and partnerships could happen. Well, the collaboration is one part, and I see the vision there. I guess the the next logical question I would have is, what ultimately do the entities look like? And I know we've seen these described before as, you know, personas or archetypes. And I think as we kind of twist this into what does the future organization look like, What do you think about those personas and what are they for the future? Well, I think any good framework generally has four personality types in it or or four personas. So here's how we're thinking about it now. First, in any ecosystem, there's going to be a number of transactions, a number of interactions that are going to be happening. So somebody has to facilitate these interactions and there's going to be a set of players that will become platforms so that every interaction, every transaction that happens in a particular ecosystem, these guys are a part of it. The platform makes that interaction possible. And again, that doesn't have to be a financial transaction. It can be an operational or a clinical event or just an information exchange, but a platform helps make it happen. So that's one archetype is a platform. Then in any ecosystem, there's going to be a lot of services and products and offerings that are delivered through that ecosystem. And there are going to be some that are so specialized and so complicated that you need somebody who is a deep specialist in that particular space. And they go deep, for example, in a particular complex population segment, like they're really good at managing a homeless population, they're they're really good at managing veterans, or maybe they go deep into a therapeutic area like cancer, because that's really what they're good at. Or maybe they go into 
a particular element of the value chain like payments and they're better than anybody else at doing payments. So specialists will be a second archetype. Then you think about what are all the different assets and people and facilities and services that you need to bring together to deliver on the promise of this ecosystem to do what the ecosystem has signed up to do. Somebody has to pull all of those elements together and manage them in a way that's effective and efficient, even as all these risks come up and all these catastrophic events happen. We call these entities integrators. So they will be pulling a variety of resources together and managing them. And finally, if you think about the front end of this ecosystem and the experience of a consumer that is receiving the care and that is looking for somebody to partner with her around her health and her family's health for a lifetime, somebody has to connect all of these disparate pieces into a coherent experience that is engaging, that generates trust and produces retention. And so these are entities that we call orchestrators. And so in the future, you might see, for example, a health insurance company become an orchestrator that creates amazing health experiences for people around their lifetime. You might see local community hospitals become integrators as they bring different assets together. You might see life sciences organizations, some of them becoming specialists around particular diseases, but others perhaps becoming platforms for things like virtual research. And then you will see a lot of the new entrants and a lot of the tech companies and retailers and others also looking to become platforms to make this thing work. If I could give an analogy, if you think of like San Francisco Philharmonic, right? There's a building and the orchestra and the staff and everybody who works there. And so somebody is the integrator that brings all of those people and all of those facilities together. There's an amazing sound system in the building. And that, in my head, is the platform because, you know, everything's connected to it and every sound that they play goes through it. There's a star violinist that comes from somewhere else and performs, and that's the specialist that does one thing incredibly well. And then finally, there's the conductor who is the orchestrator who makes sure that everything works together and creates an amazing experience and creates the schedule of performances for the year and kind of curates and decides what the experience is going to be throughout the year, decade, and your whole relationship. So those are the different archetypes that we expect to emerge. And they're, in fact, already popping up as you watch how health systems are making investments, where they're spending money, and where they're spending their time. You know, you mentioned at the beginning about health consumers and communities. And I think if there's anything the pandemic has shown us that we have a very uneven health system with a lot of gaps, a lot of challenges getting to the last mile of the consumer and people who just don't really have a lot of access. And following along with your analogy of the symphony orchestra, my question would be, how do we make sure everyone has a ticket to the show? How do we make sure consumers have access and that they feel trust in the system? That is a vital question to address. I think what's special about the time period that we're in, and there are a few areas where we've made significant progress. One is that consumers now have unprecedented levels of information and power when it comes to health decisions. Health systems have been publishing their prices. They have been making information more interoperable. So it's easier than ever for consumers to shop around and to go elsewhere. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's easier than before because before it was really, really hard 
Now it's just difficult. So we're making forward progress. We're not quite there yet, but we've made a major step forward with price transparency and interoperability. Consumers also have much stronger advocates now than before. There's a number of community organizations, political organizations, policy organizations that are advocating on behalf of consumers, in particular those consumers that are kind of the most difficult, complex population, hardest to reach, hardest to serve, and have the biggest issues with access. And these organizations are shining the light on disparities in health that exist, measuring them, showing the impact on lives lost and productivity lost and economic growth lost and where the obstacles are and how those could be addressed. And we're working with a number of those organizations as well, usually on a pro bono basis to help them show where these disparities exist and how they can be addressed. We're also seeing incumbents, hospital systems, pharma companies, health plans, taking their efforts to improve health equity to the next level. And for example, getting involved in areas like nutrition, building housing, transportation, providing more and more services to the communities that have been historically underserved to make sure that they can achieve better health outcomes. And then finally, we just have better tools to measure the disparities, to identify where the individuals and the populations are that don't have the right access and to target them more effectively. And again, as a firm, we've invested in those with tools like FutureCast that help us get much better insights about neighborhoods, communities, populations, and individuals, and where the disparities may exist and how they could be addressed. Well, I think that's really helpful. I think it really goes to our intro question about the best of times and the worst of times. And certainly that's a wonderful example of how we can start to transfer some of these challenges really into opportunities and get to people you know, in their communities. Well, Igor, I wanted to finish off with a question that we're doing now for, and we're asking each guest. And it, it's kind of the idea of fast forwarding to the future and to really think beyond kind of where we are now and even maybe where we might be five or six years from now. And the question is, what process, technology, or innovation that we know about today do you think will have the greatest impact on the health system of tomorrow? Healthcare is complicated. There's a heart rate monitor in a hospital that makes 86 different alarms, 86 different kinds of noises that it produces, and then it's surrounded by a lot of other machines that all make their own noises. And we're just overwhelmed by information, or at least by data in healthcare, and sometimes have a hard time making sense out of it. So in my mind, one of the most promising innovations out there is machine learning and the ability that it gives us to get better at forecasting, at anticipating, and at pivoting our efforts, our bandwidth, our resources to meet the future needs and doing it much quicker because the environment is changing much quicker. There are new threats, there are new challenges. And so machine learning gives us the power to anticipate, to expect, and to pivot and adjust and to learn, continue learning and adjusting and improving better signals from our marketplaces, from our consumers, from our clinicians, from our researchers, so we can have a smarter health ecosystem, a more resilient health ecosystem, and a kinder ecosystem that doesn't leave anybody out. So I am betting big on machine learning. Well, Igor, thanks for sharing some of your views on how the pandemic is accelerating change and ecosystems and kind of new personas for the health system. It's been a pleasure and excited about the future. 
Well, for more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, please visit our website at pwc.com forward slash HRI. Until next time, this has been Next in Health. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.